Talking about this Zoom recorder, the H4N Pro Handy Recorder, that's the industry name, that is the industry standard in Zoom recorders, a thing nobody knew about, and then all of a sudden, everybody had one, and you cannot I, plug it in <laughs> to charge it. It requires people 12 70,000-volt batteries and gasoline. People might have known about it, but up until COVID, they didn't have to record their own podcast as much. They, like, went into studios. No, because we had one of these before that. But it's, yes, went into studios. But, like, I don't know. And then it, it must be made in China or something. Because at the end, when you turn it off, it goes, goodbye, see you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, one of these, I think the HN6, maybe, Zoom recorder is is in the opening scenes of the 2018 Halloween film. They go oh, to like wow. interview Michael Myers for a podcast. Then he busts out and starts killing people. And I was like, oh, I can so relate. This is just like me. We're super behind because we have the H4 and H1N1 Beachfront Avenue. H1N1 was also like a bird flu, I think. <coughs> it was. And it requires a thousand batteries. And we were just saying how it doesn't even like beep to let you know like battery low. It's just like dead. You, I died five minutes ago. No one told you. Yeah, that's, it's psycho for a machine to just suddenly not be recording. Let that be a lesson to everyone about machines. They just do what they want. All right, look, look, I've got something important to say. You know that Demi Lovato song that's like cool for the summer? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh-huh. There's a part where they meow in it. It goes like this. I can't keep a secret, can Meow, got my mind on your body. Meow. That's, Think about that's it. That's fun. You're just prepping for it. the summer. I'm getting ready. It's it's hot girl summer. It's cool for the summer. Donna Summers. <laughs> and I'm ready to go. Trying to, trying to get your pale baby in that pool summer. Tell you what, we're keeping her out of the sun. She can keep a little porcelain purple skin. Happy baby. We're not a sun, and you're included. We're not a sun family. We're not a, we're not a fun in the sun family. I feel like Noah, Noah seems like he could be in the sun and be okay. Nope. Nope. Oh, surprising. He's under his thick beaver pelt of black chest hair. <laughs> it lies very tender skin. I just don't <laughs> care. I'll get a spray tan, but like in general, like I, I did an interview this morning and I was like, let's normalize not putting on makeup in the middle of the day for a recorded interview. Like, let's just normalize. I have makeup on so infrequently. People are like, you're so brave. I'm like, no, I'm just living my life and I don't care because you would still have sex with me. And Hunter was like, wow, you say that a lot. And I was like, I'm just, it's just the truth. And if you wouldn't, like if some dude didn't think I was hot, guess what? Doesn't matter because what I think matters. We live in a society where the default is like whatever some dude thinks. Default is, even if you don't think you want to fuck me, I bet you do. And because I said it, probably is true. Not, I'm uninterested in other opinions about how I look, other than good ones. You know? 
<laughs> okay. That's well, so good. Good. I think I'm thinking about that because I noticed, I've noticed, I'm going to call them, what do I want to call them? I don't know, like argumentative betas. Like if you do something, like you make a funny video or you do something with another comic, there are men out there. It's only ever men who will be like, not funny. Women aren't funny. She's not funny. And you're like, all right, whatever. But then they'll follow you. And then they'll post on multiple videos like, wasn't funny, isn't funny. And I'm like, but dude, like you still clicked and like you still looked and like, it's actually really weird. It's one thing to be like, not funny, but to like repeatedly find me over time is this like creepy thing that I'm like, I'm sorry, no woman ever paid attention to you. And I know if I did, you'd be like, oh my God, I'm so grateful. Please step on my scrotum. It's a weird like creep guy thing. Every girl knows guy like has seen guys that do this. Like they find you to tell you how much they don't like you. And you're like, I think you love me. I think you're ha- you have a miswiring. It is weird to see that. You'll see that on, I feel like Kate Beckinsale gets this a lot, or I'm just looking at her Instagram comments a lot because she's always like kind of clapping back at people, but where it's like, why are you following this person? Why are you here? Like I'm running 15 accounts right now. And for each one, people will follow and be like, everything you put out is garbage. I hate your Blu-rays yeah. or I hate Mystery Science Theater. or I hate this actor that's been on the show for the last five years. You're like, then what are you doing here? Do you think your comment is going to make a difference? And those are the same guys that will comment. We'll have species coming out with Natasha Henstridge, which some of the posters are her half naked. No movies. And this... But they're they're all talking to each other in the comments like, why yeah. isn't this her half naked? I would have bought it if it was her half naked. And other guys like, yeah, me too. And I'm like, why are you all making a little a little community in a here little in the circle Facebook jerk. comments? Yeah, no, it's, it's extra weird, weird what people say. And you can't say something back because then they're like, got your attention. Like, I know you saw this. And I'm like, I see a lot worse things, yeah. but like, I'm definitely never going to stop. So you can spend your days following me. I still don't know who you are and you still don't matter like in this world. So it would be very funny if you just posted like, well, at dude guy 42 asked me to stop making comedy. So I'm not going to and just never post it again. Those guys, they're like cockroaches. Cause like you think you squash it by, <laughs> that'd be funny if I'm just done. And you think you squash it and they're like, see, got you to look. They're whole, they're like flashers, like got you to look at me. And it's like, oh, cool. Hope you've been super validated. I can't get a fucking TV show on the air. Hope you feel real touched by fame. You fucking now, incel beta bitch. Have what? we talked about hidden comments? The fact that you can, in your privacy settings, hide certain words where they will, yes. you will never see them. Yeah, but I can't hide the I word funny. <laughs> no, but I think they're not it's like, brilliant because the people commenting don't know that you can't see it. And I think that's where you want them to be. Oh, I have a lot of those. I have restricted. So yeah. it's like they will, it's actually the perfect punishment because like they're posting, thinking they're mattering. They're still interacting with my page, mm-hmm. but nobody is seeing them screaming. Yeah. So mine that's is more like- third-party accounts. Like if something posts me and then all these strangers are like, who the fuck is this? Not funny. Only men. <laughs> I, I follow several podcasts of all men and I hate her. <laughs> anyway. You know where you always pop up is you're always in the Reddits of like this hot girl versus this hot girl. And I'm, I'm like, wow, really interested. staying relevant. Like no, you're that's just not always people. <laughs> even a compliment. That's okay, cool. Like it's the underbelly so of the internet. Oh. Yeah, but you're always, they're always talking about you. Cool. All these guys are always talking about you, even though they apparently hate your guts. It's such nope. a strange use of energy. Like, I See, love talking about things I hate, but not publicly commenting to those people. 
No, even there, you're acting like a random guy finding you attractive is some sort of accolade. Like, burn your eyes out. Mm. I don't fucking care. <laughs> Thank you. I don't. I know how you, I, Emily, you live your life. Like, I hope these dudes tell me I'm hot. That's your whole MO <laughs> is like I- makeup tutorials, body sculpting videos, filters, <laughs> neck sculpting wands. <laughs> I do still need to make my neck stronger, but that's just to keep my head up. Let's get to the meat of the show. <laughs> you still need to... Are you an infant? You and my daughter no, but- <laughs> can do your neck exercise. You guys kind of have tummy time. My, You want to hear the saddest thing is when I walk for too long a period of time, I can feel my neck caving in on itself. Or is it going like back head- to its cor- correct position? No, it can't support itself. Oh my God. I guess the doctor said <laughs> laughing was good. You're like, and I just laugh? I don't know. All right. Look, you guys have questions. We have answers. The answer is ditch your bridesmaids. Kick it. Hi, Eliza. Emily, baby Snow Peach, and baby Sierra May. Two babies. I live in Spain, but I'm actually from Venezuela. My problem is that I'm going to have my graduation ceremony this June. I'm very proud of this accomplishment since it hasn't been easy. Long story short, my mother, who currently lives in Venezuela, won't be able to attend the ceremony and was very depressed about it. Me feeling bad for her told her that I would not attend either and that we would simply act as if the ceremony wasn't even happening. But as the date is coming closer and all the preparations are being made, I can't help but feel sad about missing it. And even worse, I'm starting to get mad with my mom for not having made any effort to tell me that I should go anyway. I wasn't expecting myself to care so much about attending, but now I can't help but feel sad. Help, what would you do? First of all, it's pronounced España, okay? So lisp like a local. Second of all, you absolutely should go. It's weird that your mom doesn't want you to go, but I also wonder if your mom thinks that you don't want to go because of her. Like, I think you just need to have like a come to Jesus uh, Venaki Jesus uh, conversation and just be like, I do want to go. I hope that's okay. If your mom, that is very, very weird and I can see why you moved half a world away, uh, but like still went somewhere where you could speak the language. That's very weird if your mom doesn't want you to go to your own graduation because she's at home regardless. It's not like you're missing it in solidarity on principle. Like you both hate the headmaster or something. <laughs> Yeah, but by the same token, this person offered, they said, oh, you know what? I You can't go. I, I'm not going to go. You offered, so don't be mad that she took you up on your offer. But yeah, you should go back on it. Yeah, you should. If you can ever go back on your word ever, it's with your mom. Also, Emily just got super spicy, and I think it's because you're speaking to a, a Latin person. Um, But you're right. You should go, and your mom shouldn't have a problem with it. I think your mom will say, like, yeah, just do whatever you want to do. I say, get yeah. You, you, or she'll I get over her. it if she's if she's like I'm gonna cry that whole day. Well, fine. She'll Go get have over fun it. at your graduation with your friends. She feels really bad, and maybe she yeah. You shouldn't have offered it, but you did because you were trying to do the right thing. Go back on it, and you should definitely go. It mm-hmm. might be the only Send celebration. Her you know what? I was gonna say it might be the only celebration you get because you're gonna be crippled, crippled, crippled by student loan debt. And then I realized you're in Europe and you're totally fine. So live your life. Mm-hmm. Vivi Suvida. Yep. Hello. Viva Suvida. Okay. Hello. 
as a Brazilian and English not being my first language, I wanted to ask Eliza, why does she have such a strong opinion about the hubs, hubby, and all other versions of the word husband? It just sounds cute to me. And I was wondering if there was a bigger, stronger connotation that I don't have the reference to understand. Thanks. And please keep these podcasts coming because we absolutely love them. Looking forward to new special on Netflix, Roberta. Roberta, it's racist. No, it's not racist. Okay. Uh, They are cute. It is cute in that it's an abbreviation, but it is dumb. It is not the kind of cute that I subscribe to. Okay. And also it's hacky. So hacky means like it's been done before. Like it's something that you hear people, people have done it so much that it's not funny because of the ubiquity of it. Right. And it's a certain, like, I feel like I'm going to lose half my listeners right now, but it's like a certain type of person that's like, it's wine o'clock, me and the hubs. Like, it's just a very, um, it's emblematic of just a certain type of generic sort of middle America melting pop culture speak that I don't subscribe to. And I just don't think it's funny. It's, but most of all, it's hacky because it's done so much right up there with unicorn resin pins and rosé all day and Ray Dunn cookware. And you know what? I appreciate that like the internet has decided that stuff isn't cool, but it has been 20 years of that garbage. And like the fact that as a culture, we're just now like, oh yeah, so dumb. Yeah. I'm already ahead of the curve. You're making a curve. So that's what it is. Me and the hubs is up there with like super blown out matching outfit, like family pictures on your Instagram uh, it's just, it's just not my thing. So it's not my thing. Never been into it. And if that is you, that is, to- that's great. I'm an artist and I don't say hubs or husbullah. Yeah. My husbullah. Hey, Liza and team. Love the podcast. It's kept my mind active and happy during dog walks and long drives. I am a cisgender woman who is often mistaken for a man or transgender woman. It's something I've grown more comfortable with since I've become a model and my features seem to be valued. Ah. However, I often receive hurtful comments online or even on the street when people misinterpret my identity. This occurred more frequently when I had long hair, surprisingly, which I've now cut short for work. It is frustrating to constantly deal with this and I want to clarify my identity. However, I do not want to convey that transgender women are somehow less womanly when I assert that I am cisgender because that's not how I feel. Can you think of a quick reply to clarify my identity appropriately? Tired of people categorizing me as something I'm not, but want to be mindful and respectful of those I seemingly represent. Thank you. No, because you don't. And you don't have to worry about being respectful of something that not only are you not, but you have no relation to, and you're not the one doing the commenting. People should be respectful of you. First of all, who is... Who is so woke that they're seeing you, scanning you, deciding you're transgender, and then saying to you, hello, trans woman, hello, male to female trans. Like, I'd be interested to know how much, first of all, you don't have to worry about responding online because you just don't. You got to develop a thicker skin. It sucks. I hate it. I hate it for you. But this comes with being someone who posts and being a woman and being a woman, particularly who works in any capacity and fashion. Because even if you looked completely like a woman, not a trans woman, not a man, whatever it is, someone would have a problem or have some comments, especially if you have strong features, okay? So in person, all you have to say is like, I'm a woman. And then if they're like, 
okay, I'm respecting it because you're trans. You'd be like, nope. You can't say regular, but like there is something to like, just born a woman, stay in a woman, not a man. You should be like, I've never been a man. But then they'll be like, right, you've always identified as female. And you can be like, identified as female because I was born a woman and choose to identify as a woman. Like you should make them feel uncomfortable. I'm even as I'm saying this, I'm like, oh God, like what fucking white liberal woke warrior is going to cancel me because I misused the proper moniker. I'd be interested to know how often this is happening in real life versus online. Because by the way, for a fun exercise, if somebody says something horrible to you, click on their profile and just see like what a fucking loser that person is. I have this like one guy who I think has written to me a couple times about how like not funny I am. And like I clicked on his page and it's like pictures of like football statues and like him at dinner and like him, of course, holding up a bass. It's like, oh wow, what a rich life you lead. So take into consideration the caliber of person I'm not even going to say critiquing you, but talking about you. And it'll, it'll make you feel a little bit better. You don't have to say anything back. You don't have to worry about them. Just like when someone's like, you're not funny. I don't think about a quip. I'm just like, okay, well, you looked. Also, I have your money if you're at a show. Right? I think, I think this person, a lot of the, the, I understand the concern, but they clearly, it's not wrong to want to assert your identity it's not saying anything is wrong with any other identities. And I think the fact that this person's worried about it and, and that's cares not fair. means that they're not coming from a hateful place and that she can say whatever she wants about her identity and that doesn't yes. invalidate people who aren't cisgender. No, but everybody, like people would love to cancel you for being like, I'm a cisgender woman and that's what I am. They'll be like, how dare you say that's what you are? Because that means you're negating that other people aren't. So fuck everybody. And honestly, the next time someone says anything to you, all you say is, I am fashion. Look it up. <laughs> it's I called looked at her Instagram. She's very fashionable and cool looking, so... Uh, I'm not worried for I don't know. I guess part of me, I remember like Lady Gaga did an interview and like someone thought she was gay and she was like, okay, I don't care. I guess, of course, nobody wants to be thought they're a gender that they're not. And especially for a woman, nobody wants to, you don't, women don't typically want to look masculine. You want to look feminine. It just might be the hand you've been dealt, baby, but you certainly don't need to concern yourself with like what some loser online thinks just because they're gay bashing. You could always turn it around. If they say something mean, be like, uh, I'm a cisgender woman, but I'm a trans ally. Sounds like you have a problem with them. And then just put it back on them and then let the comment section eat them alive. You can, uh, <laughs> you can straw man that. You can reverse straw man them to death. Yeah. That's all. You don't have to worry about it. And in person, you can just be like, because it's tough because you can't even be like, wow, that's incredibly rude. Because then someone will be like, wow, you think it's rude to be mistaken for what I am? Now, of course, this is right. not a trans person. This is just a cisgender woman who would love to eat your face because you said the word trans. The problem is it's it's so hard to be an ally because everybody wants to see you get hung in a town square. So don't Yeah, worry. but everybody wants to be perceived as as what they How about are. This? And so that's How about this? what you want to be. Whatever they say, yeah. Whatever they say, just be like, I'm not. But if I was, would that be a problem? And then just let them <laughs> flap in the wind. Them start crying. No, but that sucks. No girl wants to be the truth is no girl wants to be mis for the most part, girls don't want to be mistaken for men. Um, doesn't make you feel pretty. So 
it's tough because you're saying I'm not that. How do I not criticize that while saying I'm not that? You don't have to worry about the criticized part. You just have to worry about saying what's in your heart. You seem like a good person. Yeah. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about other white women <laughs> trying to cancel you in the name of allyship, but really they're just bored. Yeah, you're a model. You'll be okay. Yeah, don't worry about the extra woke Gen Z just rallying online to cancel you for sport. That's what yeah. it is. I mean, if you get really famous, people may make like compilation videos of everything offensive you've ever said, but don't worry. But also then. you are definitely, it's just because the internet, you're definitely not the first high fashion, I don't know what you look like, high fashion model to have like striking features and look masculine, mm. feminine, whatever. Um, turns That's out- That's what Tyra wants. What? That's all Tyra ever wanted on America's Next Top Model is the androgyny. Just because she wants, well, but she's not androgynous. So I wonder if she's like, everyone look androgynous and I'll pop. I don't know. <laughs> I think androgyny is so hot. Like, I think it's so sexy when a girl, I can't believe I'm even saying that. Like when a girl, you're like, there's this one girl on TikTok and it's her and her girlfriend. And I've never, like, I am 100% straight, even though everybody's a little gay. And I look at her and I'm like, I am very, not attracted to, I don't want to have sex with her because I don't want to have sex with a woman, but I'm like, wow, that is a very attractive girl because she's so masculine, but she's so feminine looking for a guy. And I'm like, mm -hmm. and I can't figure out what it is. So I think it's cool mm -hmm. for what it's worth. There's a little peek into what I find attractive or like those videos where like the girl will come off as like super femi and then she'll be like, oh, you think I can't switch? Boom. And then it, it, it washes out. And then all of a sudden she's like, in one of those like lesbian suits that's unbuttoned really low and her hair's like slicked back. They're like, oh my God, shapeshift. <laughs> I think really masculine, gorgeous, women, like Ruby Rose with like the short hair. You're like, wow, how do I feel? <laughs> how do I feel about you and me? <laughs> I could do that. I could do that with basketball shorts and just let my hair and just put my hair in a bun and be like, what's up? Shapeshift. <laughs> That sounds like a great plan for you. It's just me almost all the time. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Eliza, Emily, and crew. I'm a huge fan. Love your Netflix specials and listen to your podcast regularly. I work in sales and spend a lot of time traveling. I'm a 34-year-old female. Female. Earlier this year, my husband and I found out that we were expecting our first child. We decide to only tell our parents and my sister until we are out of the first trimester. Yeah. A few weeks later, I had dinner with my two best friends from high school. You told them. One of which I'm still very close with. The other has drifted away from us. But we make a point for the three of us to have dinner every few months to catch Why? up. Why? Why? She's drifting. <laughs> Let her drift. Let her Tokyo drift During out of your life. During this dinner, while ordering a non-alcoholic beverage, the not-so-close friend put me on the spot and immediately yelled, you're pregnant at me in the middle Ew. of the restaurant. Ew. It was super awkward. And although I didn't want her to know, I also felt like it was bad to lie about it. It was wintertime in Northwest Pennsylvania. So I tried to just shrug it off as if the roads were snowy. So I wanted to be cautious and didn't want to have drinks. She persisted and kept insisting I was pregnant. And eventually I caved and admitted it, but explained that it was very early and we were not sharing yet. Oh, Unfortunately, a few weeks after that, I ended up having a miscarriage. Oh. I eventually let her know what happened since she was one of the few people who knew I was pregnant to begin with. And she was kind, supportive, and reached out frequently to see how I was doing. Fast forward to last weekend. I was having lunch with my cousin who speaks occasionally to this friend because their husbands are cousins. I found out that this friend told my cousin about my pregnancy <gasps> and miscarriage. 
I feel unbelievably betrayed that she would tell anyone, let alone tell my family. It was not her place. And I feel so upset that she has violated my privacy by sharing this information with my cousin when I specifically asked her not to tell anyone. My question is, should I confront her about this, ask her why she told and let her know that I'm upset with her? Or should I just keep to myself and know moving forward not to trust her and discontinue these dinners we do together? I don't know what to say to her, but I feel like this was completely unacceptable. Thank you for keeping me entertained during my workday. Can't wait to see you this summer in Cleveland. Okay, great. Please, and tell your friends to buy tickets to the taping of my sixth special in Cleveland. Okay. The question is, independent of that, do you want to be friends with this girl? No. It doesn't sound like you care because you're like, she's drifted away, but we make it a point. Do you love this person? Do you want this person in your life? So there's one answer. You definitely should say something. I think you pick up that phone, you can text, you can call and you'd be like, hey, here's the, here's, I know that you told my cousin. If you don't, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I don't know if you need to be like, hey, think about it the way a man would handle it. Be like, hey, uh, I found out from my cousin that you told her that I was pregnant and that I had a miscarriage. That's really hurtful. I was keeping it a secret. You like squeezed it out of me at dinner. And I asked you to keep it a secret. And now not only did you tell another person, it was someone in my family. And you told her like, just put it out there. Because in a perfect world, she'll be like, you are so right. I am so sorry. And then you can decide what you want to do. But don't do the passive aggressive. Part of me wants to say, don't do the passive aggressive girl thing where you're like, and I just won't speak to her again because she'll get invited to a thing. You'll see her at a thing. And then you'll be writing into this podcast like she really betrayed me. What should I do? Do you want this person in your life? And if you do, you should definitely tell her. And if you don't, you should definitely tell her. <laughs> you know, like those signs where it's yeah. like, are you, is there, are you stressed? Yes. Is there anything you can do about it? No. Then don't be stressed. Like all signs lead back to definitely call her out. Because I also think that's so shitty. Like at dinner to like keep saying it. I can like hear her voice like, you're pregnant. I know it. And it's like, okay, cool. Cool. You got right, me. You tried now to you know route around it like you obviously didn't want to tell her and then she kept pushing it and it's just so, it's not cool. It's so, it's so deeply personal. And then you had the miscarriage, which is why you didn't want to tell people because you didn't want to deal with that. It was not her secret to tell. Either way, she owes you an apology and either way, you don't want to be friends with her. So, so that's it. Let her just drift away. And also maybe like move out of that town. It seems like everyone's married to what? each other. It's too, too close. Like her cousins, <laughs> my cousins, cousins, best friend. Too many cousins are my cousins. Now my cousins know my beeswax and their hubs are cousins. Hubs. Cousins. Uh, okay. We have a related Cleveland question from Therese. Is Eliza going to do meet and greets at the Cleveland show? Totally understand if not, given the logistics and whatnot with the live taping, but wanted to ask. You're exactly right, Therese. We cannot because we won't have time to turn the room over, do makeup touch-ups, production notes, stuff like that, um, and then get to that second show because the second show is late and you don't want to have it go any later than it needs to go. So the audience will be peppy and pumped. Um, so unfortunately, but I'll tell you what, I will be playing Columbus, which you should totally buy a ticket to. Uh, and I'll be doing meet and greets there. But yes, on a taping, it's just too much energy because a meet and greet is like a show of its own. I move around a lot. Yeah. Part of me wants to lie and be like, maybe buy a ticket, find out. But the answer is no. Well, I mean, they would have to buy a meet and greet ticket. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. They're not available not for meet surprise. and greet. Yeah, so. Yeah. There you go. Right. <laughs> your your wig's falling off. You just have like a really thick bang in the front so it looks like- I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. 
I've gotten several comments from your fans that I need to get bangs and that I have a big forehead. And I'm like, well, this isn't a video Ew. podcast. Where are you seeing me? Okay. <laughs> Where I, are you finding me? I don't. Okay. Uh, a bang requires maintenance. Or it gets down might, in the eyeball. I don't. You should try bangs. I had bangs. I, I had bangs till I was like, 12, and I remember at a class picture, one of the moms was like, you're the only kid with bangs. And then I was like, oh. Okay, I tried math and like a foreign language when I was younger, and it was really hard. But guess what? Now, I can count up to a thousand. (laughs) (laughs) And I think we can all see how well I speak Spanish. So sometimes you got to revisit things. (laughs) You're always trying to shoehorn in your Spanish knowledge on this show. I really am. And I think it comes from a deep insecurity of like feeling like I wasn't good at it, but like I know I could be good at it if I tried. And I'm also consistently and constantly impressed with how many verbs I remember. And I can't remember like most things that happened last week, but like hacer is to do or to make. Yeah. Not bad. No malo. Bueno. Nobody's impressed. Okay. But the idea that like you had a haircut when you were little or anything when you were little and you're like, it didn't work then, so I can't do it now. So get get one of those apps where you can try out different haircuts. I don't know if it, the oh. answer is bangs, but you need, here's what you do need, a mm-hmm. shaping, not a haircut, but a shaping. Like you need layers to yeah, take I some of the weight off. haircut in a couple of weeks. I had to make okay. an appointment like two months out with my guy here. Yeah, that's how hair appointments work, Emily. If you're not going to like sports cuts, if you're not like sitting in a child's car that goes up and down to get a haircut, you need to like book it with a stylist. Are there any yeah, stylists like in Atlanta that out. can help out, em- Emily? Yeah, I'm dude. going to my guy that I went to for like 20 years that I was very in love with as a child, a gay man. Okay, great. Ask him what he thinks, but tell him I said, you know what? And you, if you really want help, call my mom. Because she used to run a chain of beauty salons. What hasn't she run? I feel like she's run all the businesses. She no, just just anyways. Um, I just think maybe some sort of shaping up top. All right, this will be the next. That'll be the next. My next project after my house. <laughs> One thing at a time. New haircut, new house. Burn all of your clothes and belongings and move into that house fresh. Okay. <laughs> uh, there you go. I might need to. Okay. Hi, Eliza, Emily, Snow Peach, Pink Baby, Tree Frog, and Gracie, the cutest. Uh, I have just finally caught up on every single episode of AIA, and I'm sad since I would listen to it during work and gaming. I have a situation happen. I don't know if I'm an asshole or not for it. Probably. I, 33, non-binary. Non-binary. Assigned female at birth. Assigned female at birth. Absolutely fabulous. Okay. <laughs> Reconnected with an old coworker, 25 female. She told me she was into me, so we decided to hang out. Nothing really happened except making out. The other day, I organized to go out for dinner. I told her I'd meet her after work, pick her up, and we'd head out. I drive in the terrible weather and traffic for an hour to her place. She comes up to my window and asks if I was hungry now. I obviously said yes, and she got in my car. 
We were driving to the restaurant and she tells me she isn't going to eat. I was shocked. Why would you agree to dinner if you weren't hungry? Didn't she just say she, she was she hungry? She would grab a drink. She asked the our question asker if they were hungry. What? You said you were going to dinner. You yeah. said it was dinner. So and our question asker went, wait. You said, <laughs> so no. You said, hi, I'm AbFab and I'm ready for dinner. I'm going to come get you. You drove an hour to yes. pick her up, which is so insane. Mm-hmm. Insane. But okay. Mm-hmm. And then when you got there for dinner, you're like, I'm hungry. Are you hungry now? And she said, yes. No, she said, hey, are you hungry now? And AbFab said, yeah. And the other person said, okay, let's okay. go. And gets in the now, car. Now, did you, hold on. And then they're driving Did she say, ooh, are you hungry now? Or was it like, yo, are you hungry now? Because <laughs> it's there's a difference. <laughs> well, okay, so- we drive to a restaurant. She tells me she isn't going to eat. I was shocked. Why would you agree to dinner if you weren't hungry? She said she would grab a drink while I eat, and then it's fine. I told her I'd look like an asshole eating while you sat there and watched mm. me. I decided to turn around and take her home and leave. She was obviously shocked and claimed it didn't matter that she wasn't eating. We were making memories from hanging what? out. Who says we're she making memories? Me. <laughs> I love that. It doesn't matter. We're making memories. Now get in the truck. She also informed me because I picked her up as she just got home that she didn't have time to smoke a cone so she wouldn't be hungry. What does that it's mean? It's like a different kind of weed. So she oh. didn't smoke weed, so she was, doesn't, so she can't be hungry. So sounds, hungry. Okay, that's weird. I was also annoyed that she would that she had to be high to eat. It seems immature. I've decided yeah. to call contact as she doesn't communicate like yes. an adult. I understand it could be her age, but part of me still feels like an asshole. What do you think? Now remember. She's 25. Our question asker is 33. Uh, you did the right thing. This per- There's a couple things happening. She's not that into you. She's super immature. And you did the right thing. That's it. Don't think about it. You Okay. Let's say you... Let's say you were... I don't know what makes you the asshole because you didn't want to eat alone with someone who's like jonesing for a bowl. Who's <laughs> looking at you. Or like, cool, so she's high and you're sober on this date. And you're the only one making memories because she's going to forget them. Oh, you're shaming weed smokers. No, it's about being on the same level. She didn't say to you, do you want to smoke a bowl and then go eat? She, no, this is weird. I think she maybe wasn't into you. And let's say she was, maybe she was nervous, but like good for you for being like, that's not the relationship I want. She got you to drive an hour and she like couldn't run a lap and like get hungry. No, she's immature. And that's super cute if he's, or she, the person she goes out with is also 25, but you're too mature for this person. So, mm-hmm. and you know what? If you were a dude, I'd be like, you know, take what you can get. But because you were assigned female at birth, that does mean that mentally you are more mature. So however you identify, <laughs> you you <laughs> treated her, you were much more mature than this other girl. Good for you. Don't feel bad. Mm-hmm. And by the way, there's nothing, it's not that you're an asshole for eating in front of the person. It's uncomfortable for you is what you're really saying. Like, that's fucking weird. Especially since she was like, let's make memories. It's like, yeah, together. Not with like you on one version of a date and me eating buffalo chicken tenders at happy hour prices. Yeah. So I drove here after four o'clock and I got to you by five and happy hour cut, cut off is 5.15. Kick it. How do you handle out-of-town friends coming to visit but not making their specific plans clear? Context. I recently moved to Austin and had a friend come to visit the city. I was one of many friends she has here, and she was staying with someone else but told me she would love to hang out during the visit. 
Initially, she told me she was bringing her boyfriend, which was great because we used to double date with our boyfriends all the time when she lived close. But every time I would try to confirm plans with her to schedule my weekend, she would be extremely vague, telling me all she had planned, but not telling me what she wanted me to be involved in. So I just told her, okay, let me know what portions of your trip you want me to be a part of, and I'll be sure Joe and I are free. Getting closer to the visit, she clarified she would love to grab dinner and drinks for a Saturday night. Great. So I thought that's the time she wanted to hang. Then her visit got weird. Like an hour before the Saturday dinner, she tells me that this dinner has turned into a girl's only dinner, so Joe will have to meet us for drinks afterwards. I thought that was weird since her boyfriend allegedly came along, but she informed me that her boyfriend didn't end up coming. Work problems. They're still together. Joe was first game to meet us for drinks, but the dinner ended up lasting till nine, and Joe had to work early, so he said he wouldn't be able to He doesn't want to go anyway, so it's totally fine. No man wants that, so okay. I told my friend and she got really upset and talked about how much she likes him and really wanted to see him during the trip. So she invited him and I to brunch the next morning, which we were down for. We did dinner and drinks, she got wasted and we agreed on time for brunch. Joe and I were there on time, but my friend came completely hungover and going to the bathroom constantly to throw Jesus up. Christ. We were fine with that. <laughs> but then she said, this is terrible. I would love a chance to hang with you guys when I'm better. Meet me for dinner tonight. But the problem is we had reservations for a date night plan that night. We did compromise and met up with her to hang out before our dinner res, but she was moody and short with us the whole visit. Since this visit, she hasn't spoken to me. It's annoying because I tried to make plans with her and suss out how much she wanted to hang out during her visit, but I was getting no info. How do I handle making plans with out-of-town friends when I don't know how involved they want me to be? Thank you for listening to this long-ass question. I love you and Emily Snowpeach and Pink Tree Fog with all my heart. You question isn't about yeah. out-of-town plans. It's about it's this It's about maniac. this lunatic that I... You guys are definitely in your 20s. Uh, and your girlfriend is definitely not with that guy anymore. There's definitely something wrong. Uh, but let's say it's not. You're definitely in your 20s because this is that behavior. This is before you like really get a grip on schedules, other people's respect for schedules. When you're younger, it's like super fluid. Like, let's do this. Well, this is running over. Like, you don't consider other people. Do you still want to be friends with her? Because if not, You don't have to think about this ever again. And what you do in the future is, hey, would love to see you. Here's when I have free what works for you. That's it. You don't have to, this isn't like your sister or your mother. You don't have to like recalibrate your entire weekend and you were super accommodating. So what's the big deal? She just sounds like a shitty friend who might have a drinking problem, but also like just doesn't have her shit together. And it's also one of those things where like she was a piece of shit and like probably got offended at something random and now there's a misunderstanding. Do you want to be friends with her? Great. If you do, text her and be like, hey, how was your trip? Like try to get something out of her. But either way, like you did the right thing. Also like girls only, but I still want to see him. Like what, what, hey princess, like how many hours do you think we have free? Right. So he's like, he was supposed to come to that dinner and then he was just like on his own for dinner and he was supposed to come meet. No, like, truthfully, he wanted to go out to dinner or he didn't. I would do that to Noah. Like, if it was a big, I'd be like, hey, can we just give it? But like, that's disrespectful to him and his time. Like, we had plans and he probably yeah. canceled something, you know? So you always remember what's important to you. It was important to see this friend, but your, your boyfriend's also important and your time's important. Someone's yeah. late, that's one thing. Someone couldn't get across town, but like to be that flaky. What it was, was she wanted to make sure she got to do everything she wanted to do. And she wanted to have the dinner her length and do her things and didn't take into account her attitude or anyone else's time. So that's okay. You're in your super early 20s, but now you know. 
Uh, no one will probably act like that again. That's very immature and very weird. No. But I guarantee you her and that guy broke up. Kick it. Hi, Liz and Emily. I'm a 22-year-old female getting married this weekend. Weekend. I'm really excited. But getting married this weekend. But I'm nervous. And this, by the way, that you're hearing this question after, but she said that was okay. But guess what? We can't get to it within days. It's This question came in two days before. Not if, We're doing our not best. Not at the rate Emily reads. <laughs> I am getting married this weekend. I am nervous for the wedding night slash honeymoon. It will be mine and also my husband's first time having sex. We are both religious and are waiting for marriage. Oh, God. I hadn't been feeling nervous about sex in the months prior leading up to the wedding. Planning has been stressful, but me and my fiance have gotten even closer through the process and he's been awesome. I'm super attracted to my fiance and I know he's equally attracted to me. So I'm not worried about that. How do you know? But as the wedding gets closer. How would you know it's equal? People are- How would you ever quantify that? Okay. Sorry. People are giving me more and more advice about having sex for the first time. And it's honestly freaking me out more. Yeah, it's fucking gross. But remember, this person is also 22. I've talked to my fiance and we've talked about what we feel comfortable with and that we will take it slow. He's a really kind, sweet guy and I trust him 100%. Also, we are both aware that we will obviously be terrible at it at first, but we're both going into it to know there will definitely be awkward, funny moments that we'll be able to laugh about and not take everything too seriously. Okay, so they already had sex. (laughs) But I'm nervous because every friend I have is sending me books and podcasts and all kinds of other things that I have to read or have to learn before the wedding. It just feels like too much. Yes. Feel good about me and my fiance, but the constant input from friends has made me feel worried and scared. Any advice? What are these people? Why are all your friends like this? Is how you should bone at your wedding? Yeah, I'm sorry, people. Like when I was pregnant, and I was like, I hope my baby comes over. They're like nipple stimulation. Have lots of sex and stimulate your nipples. I'm like, cool. Can I get my Starbucks? It is so weird. Also, like. People have been having sex for thousands of years without a podcast or some like sex expert. I'm sure it was fine. I'm em- emphasis on fine. You know, my only advice is like lube it up, maybe have a drink, but you don't need to invite other people into your bedroom. And I'm sorry. I love you. I'm glad you're a listener. Love you. Enjoy your religion. This is why abstinence is a joke because you should have some sense of yourself, what you might like and what you expect going into it. I I can, I would never want you to do something you're uncomfortable with, but I feel like girls get married off and it's like your husband has like an acorn dick and he just like ejaculates on you because he was like looking at fucking animal porn and girls like, well, I guess that's my king. There is something to be said for like having a, your pleasure matters too. I'm sure your husband's great. You do your thing. But in general, this advocating for like save yourselves for marriage while these leaders of these mega churches are out fucking around, getting all these abortions for their mistresses, stuff like that. This war on women's pleasure and women having autonomy and knowing their body just so they can be given like a husband who is probably mediocre at sex. And by the way, like you don't have to be sexually fulfilled in life perfectly, but like you should be allowed to know what an orgasm is or how you get one or what you like or what you don't like. And I think a lot of times, again, having nothing to do with you, it's whatever the man decides is the thing. You're like, cool, we fucked through a sheet and then I cried and that's what I deserve. So let's uh, let's get God out of our panties, folks. But hey, hope you had a nice sexual time and I hope you guys together decide what your sex looks like. And remember, it won't look like anyone else's sex. 
no matter how many TVs you have on, no matter how much jelly you use, okay? No matter how many outfits there are, any costume changes, no matter how many other dudes are there. All right, kick it. OMG, I'm listening to May 3rd's podcast right now and I just have to share what happened to my husband and I when we moved into a rental house at the end of 2020. We toured the house at the beginning of December in 2020 and signed the lease in January. The house was a beautiful little cabin and the rent was cheap, so we signed the lease. Everything was fine bathroom-wise when we toured. When we moved in after New Year's, the water hadn't been turned on yet, but someone had come into our house and took a <gasps> dump in the toilet. We don't know how long it was there or whose oh, it was. My it was God. disgusting, but it is a funny mystery in my husband and I's marriage. We're making memories. <laughs> <laughs> One poop at a time. That's terrible. Terrible. Just the fact that like, oh, that's a fun mystery. That is, honestly, I don't think anything could bring you together more than having the shared experience of trying to suss out where a dump came from. Henry Rollins and Hitler both said nothing brings people together like a common enemy. In this case, that common enemy was a turd. <laughs> so the um the, the last question asked her should hire someone to dump in her and her boyfriend's honeymoon toilet so that oh at their wedding night, they have a, an activity, a mystery to solve. Yeah, you guys can spend the night cleaning out that bowl and you don't have to have sex. There you go. You can avoid it. By the way, I like wait, can I just say something? I am not like a sexual, I even say this one stage, like I'm not like a sexually woke person that's like, you need to go down on me first. I have not had, I mean, definitely had sex before, but I'm not one like someone who's sexually awakened and was just like out fucking dudes for my pleasure. I'm just saying this idea that you've never had sex before because somehow that's like an impugning your uh, purity or something. God forbid you know where your own clitoris is, you witch. I'm just saying, having some semblance. Having sex with someone because you like them is okay. Having sex to make someone like you is a bad idea. Okay, 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 okay. Young people, listen to this. I'm just saying. You're staring at me with your wig half on. <laughs> wig push back. Would All that right. be the biggest shock if you found out that actually I have been wearing a wig this whole time? It, and you've been having sex this whole podcast? Uh, <laughs> it would be because I'd be like, why did you do that? You have left so much hair in my house. I have a, I have a very poorly done wig. No, it just sheds hair. <laughs> it's just like, it's, you're like, I have to replace my wig because it's so realistic. It sheds and it, I have to feed it <laughs> other small wigs. <laughs> Wiglets. Okay. Everyone in this house is upset with me and how much hair I leave all over. Because it's going to become sentient. Like it's going to like start moving and feed me, <laughs> feed me Gracie. <laughs> all right. Next question. Oh, hi, Eliza and Emily. What are if you had any advice for me regarding overly gifty relatives? Ooh. I recently moved in with my partner and his grandparents are constantly sending us large items in the mail. While this is a kind gesture and they are incredibly nice and have warmly welcomed me into their family, it's getting to be kind of stressful as we have limited space in our current living situation and they're sending us items we don't need and sometimes already have. They are usually very large items too that make storage an issue. They've sent us many kitchen items that we already have. We now have two Dutch ovens, two kettles, etc., because they gifted us them. They've also sent us large paintings that are honestly creepy. Think creepy clown-ass paintings that are three foot by three foot minimum. <laughs> and I don't want to hang them in my home. If they were scenic paintings or something, it would be different, but that's not the case. Help, what can I do? My kitchen and walls are filling up. I thought you were like, they send us large items, like a monster truck tire and a stuffed polar bear. 
Uh, what do you do? They've sent you two, two Dutch ovens. No, so you already had like, one. They already have a Dutch uh, oven, and then they'd send another. Like they're not checking in to see what they need. They're just sending okay. big ticket weird items. Do they visit? If not, start selling those things. Start donating them. I donate so much stuff because I don't have the time or patience to like sell them. I donate a lot. I give away a lot. Um, so you can do that. But if they do visit, you can just lie and say they were stolen. <laughs> All of your stuff was stolen. No, that matters. If they don't visit, so they'll never know. But um, I mean, they'll never know if that's your Dutch oven or someone else's. They're also not going to check and say, where's my stuff? The paintings, I would honestly just put them all in the garage. But the truth is you should call them. Call them and say, hey, we love it all so much. Um, you guys send so much generous, so many generous things. But our house is starting to fill up and we're doing a lot of rearranging. So um, could we just kind of pause this for now? I don't want you to waste money and we want to love the things that you send us. Just kind of open up a conversation. Yeah, and I think the um, maybe you, even if you really want to like spare their feelings, you just talk about it from the painting angle. Cause like what you get two Dutch ovens. Okay. Whatever you give one to a friend, yeah. but the art it's like, you know, we don't have room for yeah. art or like we have very specific taste. We're styling our house in this way. And we don't want you, we just yeah. don't have a place for this. No, a place for it. We, and like paintings require lighting and special hanging. Uh, yeah. If you offend them, great. Then they stop sending you big lots overflow. So <laughs> Either way you win. I know, you don't want to be rude. So you just say to them, like, I am, we're so grateful. Everything's so great and sweet. We're just, uh, we're trying to organize our house and we want to make sure there's a proper place and we never want to be wasteful. Yeah. And their generation will love to hear that. Mm -hmm. Hi, Eliza. Emily, Smoky Husky, Sweet Snow Peach, and Beautiful Baby. My question is about etiquette. Yo. My cousin and I bought tickets to see your live taping in July in Cleveland. We saw you in Columbus and Cincinnati, so might as well get all three C's. Yep. Here's my question. Yep. Since we unfortunately bought a little later than we had intended, we got two tickets separate from each other. I am five seats down from her, same row. I am on the end slash aisle. Would it be a faux pas or annoying to ask if my cousin could sit next to me and everyone just moved down a seat? Or do we just make new friends with the people around us? I may be completely overthinking it, but doesn't hurt to ask, Hannah. You know what? I think I have some of the kindest fans in the world. So you can make new friends at that show. A lot of people do. I don't think it's a big deal once. First of all, you could get there and the person next to you doesn't show up. Happens all the time. Or mm-hmm. they died. And you don't, and you can have the ticket. Um, Get there, assess the situation. It is not a problem for people to move down. Someone might be a stick in the mud, but you're really talking about two people swapping, you know? So assess it. I'm sure people would accommodate. You're not asking them to give up their front row seat for a back seat. And then if not, if they're like, sorry, we're sitting three here. We need it because I have vision and I have to look right at Eliza's crotch. Um, Then you're still enjoying the show together. You just can't talk to each other, which is preferable. But I, I bet someone will move for you. Don't worry about it. I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. And if they won't, then there you go. You sit in your separate seats and you convene after and you say, wasn't that funny? Or you just find a producer and be like, are there two other comparable seats? We have to kill a lot of seats at a taping um, because of the camera equipment. So there might be two seats floating around that like, oh, we thought we had to fill, but we don't. You can sit there. So I promise you can figure it out day of. Well, it should be okay. Yeah. Hi, Liza, Emily, Tree Frog, and Peach. Peach. I have a weird friend question. Mm. I moved across the country three years ago due to family issues, leaving my friends behind, which was extremely difficult. 
One of them who I was closest with has stayed in touch pretty regularly via text and social media, but we haven't actually talked on the phone for over two years. We both definitely still love and value each other and want to be in each other's lives, and we both have anxiety about phone calls in general. I'm not one to chat on the phone on a daily or weekly basis anyway. But it's becoming conflicting to me that we support each other from afar and don't want to let go, but we're both aware that we don't talk on the phone and we have never acknowledged it. I was going to go visit, but then COVID happened. Then last year, I was dealing with worsening health problems. I don't believe this is the kind of situation like those who you tell that we outgrow certain friends. What should I do? I also worry that when I do visit, hopefully this year, that it will be awkward, and I know neither of us want that to happen. I think you're overthinking this a lot. Why is it? Why can't you reconcile the fact that you don't talk on the phone with your— Why does that matter? You guys text all the time. You support each other via text. Who cares if you talk on the phone or not? Or— Uh, who cares if you talk on the phone? It's not a big deal. It's not like you're cold calling a stranger to ask them if you can scam them out of their insurance money. Like, pick up the phone, and if it's super awkward, you can both acknowledge it, but you're asking, basically, you're wanting to build a relationship, and then you're like, oh my God, IRL, is this going to be weird? Probably not. I feel like this is a romantic relationship, but I could be wrong. You guys also sound super young. Uh, no, uh-huh. I don't believe that this isn't a, this is a friend you want to throw away. I have plenty of friends that I only talk with over text. It will not be weird in person. It just won't. Because if you talk no. as much as you do and you share as much as you do, it should be fine. Also, in person, it's yeah. less awkward because it's just, it's just more tangible. I don't think talking on the phone uh-huh. is a big deal. I would extend that. Or maybe Zoom so it's a, like a little, you can be a little bit closer. I don't think you have yeah. to think about any of this. Or just share it with your friend. Yeah. Like, hey, I love you. I care about you. We don't really talk on the phone. Uh, I hope it's not weird in person. And then she'll be like, me too. I was worried. Like, the point is that you're on the same page. There are friends yeah. that never talk. And when they're together, everybody always says like, oh, it's just like old times. Stop overthinking this. But I think there's something else going on. That's what I think. I think this is a romantic thing. And you're afraid. That's what I think. You let me know. Okay, okay. Have a cop. Tip of the keep. This a talk with a cop. You're doing it right. Every day, you just take a bite, top of the cob. My top of the cob is, I, I, and I think I've said this before, but like I've made a real effort to actually print pictures of my baby because I love the photo albums from like my grandma and that my mom kept. And I kind of like mimic the way that they sound in their albums. Like I write the album to her. Like this was like our first trip with you, you were great. You know, like I want it to be something sweet she can look at. You were great. You were I great. Hope you're writing something better than that. You were the perfect you were baby. Great. Um, you were rock solid. I just I print the photos because yes, we have them on our phone, but I believe iCloud is a total scam job, so I don't do it. And I don't want to like get a lacy drive and because then what happens is like my wedding pictures, like they're just on a disc. Like I have an album, but like I'll never open that drive and upload them. And so they kind of just go into the ether. Like you have all this digital stuff. And so I print them. So we have them forever. Like, what am I going to hand down a thumb drive? I just think Mm -hmm. it's an old world thing that's still available. Um, They still do look a little weird because they're off your phone. Like it doesn't look like a picture you took, but I like it. I like having that. And I like to send them to the relatives and like, we never print pictures anymore. Like it's so hard to get things framed because- so I'm, I'm, that's my top of the cob is printing and photo albums. And just in 15 years to look back and be like, this is what we look like. This is what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And the family members of that. I mean, my yeah. parents think it's so funny that both my, both my grandparents, both my grandmas, I sent them each 
a picture from the photo shoot I did with Gracie. Like I mailed them a picture. So they both had them up and everyone else in our lives was like, what is that? And my grandmas <laughs> were both like, oh, that's my granddaughter and her cat. And I'm like, okay. And everyone else thought it was so weird, but their grandma. So you send them the picture, they yeah, put it up. They you want know it. what I mean? They like put they it love up. having something to put up. Parents love it. And I think it's very cute. And it's my granddaughter and her paramour, Gracie. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. my top of the cob. Uh, What's yours? My top of the cob is I am starting to think about how I'm going to decorate my home. I, and I am very excited. I think about it too. Very excited. I have started, I found this thread, of course, on Reddit of like homeowners talking about like, what did you invest in that was less than a hundred bucks that made a big difference? What did you invest in $500 to $1,000 mm. that made a big difference? So people are talking about like either auto motion sensor lights in the closet or like, uh, this kind of outlet or like a bidet, everybody says a bidet or like heated floors, just all these random things. So I'm making a little spreadsheet of like all these like little things I could do eventually, you know, yeah. because it will be my space. And then I'm definitely going to make a home movie theater with like a surround sound system. And of course that will be once I replenish my my savings in yeah. five years. But it's exciting to think about. That's important to you. Also, it's it sucks, but living in the home for a while before you make any decisions because what you don't want to do is a bunch yeah. of cheap solutions and then you're like, crap, I should have just purchased these. Like, I should have just had shelves installed versus this. You're even the one that said, like, buying cheap things keeps people poor. Like, if you're constantly rebuying. Yeah. So, give it a beat as long as you got that TV and you got a mattress. And there's always... Mm-hmm. I think my mattress is going to be on just a box spring because I'm like, I don't... That's how I slept at my apartment. It's fine. And I'll eventually get a nice bed. Yeah. I mean, there are very inexpensive. There's very inexpensive furniture out there, like a uh, a big lots or like a home furnishing store. And also those sites like Overstock, like those kind of things, like you can get great stuff. Like don't be fooled by the big retailers. Anyways, let me know if you have any questions. Okay. Emily, Emily, no one else. This is not a question podcast. Uh, my bottom of the cob, I'm conflicted. I feel about this. We went to dinner last night and we ordered water and they said we only offer bottled water, like a glass bottle. And I was like, okay. And on the menu, it said in an effort to conserve water consumption and can just conserve water, sorry, here in California because we have very little water and we do get all of our water from Denver. It's not like we get it from our river. Anyway, uh, we're charging and this bottle's recycled. Now, whether or not that bottle's recycled, they have no control over it because our state does a shitty job. But let's say it is. If the only purpose is to conserve water, I'm like, it's still water that we're drinking, but I get their point, which is like people just order glasses of water and sometimes they don't even drink them. So I can respect Mm -hmm. that. Part of me is like, why don't you just charge 35 cents every glass of water? Or why don't you say this first water's free and then you don't just automatically refill unless they ask? Because yeah. think about the carbon footprint to order these giant glass bottles, have them shipped here. I don't know if... if So I was just like, what part of the environment do you want to hurt? And since the water doesn't come from LA, I guess you're conserving water. So I just... It felt like a little scammy, but I also got it. But I, I was like, I hate that we're in a drought. And also... I feel like people need to have like water monitors attached to their like water meter. Like people don't think about it. I try to conserve water. I don't run the water while I'm brushing my teeth or washing my face. I like lather up, then I do it. I don't think enough people think or care for it to matter, but it's like, cool. We'll just keep figuring out ways to upcharge people who try to patronize small businesses and they can just die. 
I don't know. Right? Something, totally I, I don't know how that, I felt about it. Yeah, because it's good in theory, but is it just them trying to make a buck or are they genuinely trying to make a difference? It's because you, it's not that big of a difference. Yeah. So the intention really matters in that instance. Yeah, but they wrote a whole thing about it. So I guess like, I guess I'm okay with it because you're right. Most people order water and then they don't drink it. So people need to be yeah. more mindful. Like it's not your God-given right to just drink up the water. All right, what's your bottom of the cob before this computer cuts out again? My bottom of the cob is unfortunately also house-related, which is there's so many costs that you don't think are costs. And like they let you know up front, but then also you're like, what? I also have to pay for that and that and that. All of that comes from me. Yeah. Well, how does anybody have a house? How's anybody out there got a house? What's anybody doing? How are they I doing this, it? I don't understand. I mean, people always make that joke about house hunters like, my wife's a teacher, a kitten teacher, and my husband paints rocks and we have an $8 million budget. And it's, I don't know how, I think everybody's just in crippling debt. And as a homeowner, yeah. I mean, you hear the people that write into our show. It's like, my neighbor is killing people. It's like, well, you're a homeowner. So fuck you for contributing to an yeah. economy. Uh, yeah, it's, it's tough, but you have a home that you get to defend forever. You get a home. Yeah, from all these maniacs. But even to get into the debt, I have to like prove all this stuff about my income and I have to like get all these letters and I have to, it's just, just so crazy. I'm like, and you're going to pay for this. And there's this thing that you get yeah. charged up front and you need to secure this thing. And I'm like, what? And then the other day I was like, oh my God, and I'm going to have to pay movers. Ugh. <laughs> Caveat mTOR, baby. But yeah, it's a lot. And I'm just wondering how you can afford this because I know what I paid you. So you must have just squirreled it all away. A lot of squirreling and... Uh, a very poor debt to income ratio for the next 30 years of my life. God bless America. <laughs> Folks, next tour date, come see me in Salt Lake City. Come see me, eliza.com slash tour. I'm going to be in Nashville coming up soon. Uh, doing my show in Cleveland. Lots of dates added. We've got Canada. We've got Mexico City, Olay. So eliza.com slash tour. You guys, this is what I eat in a day to stay at the